Hello, welcome back to the Out of Office podcast. My name is Fiona Thomas, I will be your host for today and I hope this podcast finds you well. I am recording this on a bank holiday Monday because I just moved into um, a new house. My husband and I have bought our first ever home and it's a new build so I'm really struggling with finding the right times to record because in the last few episodes you might have noticed there's like some faint <laughs> like beeping sounds in the background that's the that is the um I don't oh, I don't know what it is like trucks and like concrete mixers I don't know I don't know what it is there's lots of there's just lots of goings on but as you will know from this wonderful audio right now. It's very quiet on bank holidays so I thought I would take the chance while I've got it and record a little episode for you. Actually it kind of does, kind of does fit into what I'm talking about because I want to talk today about mental health. I want to talk about depression. That is something that I have lived with since 2012 so coming up for almost 10 years of living with depression and doing that as a freelancer has been I don't want to say difficult it's been a challenge um, but living with depression was also a challenge in traditional employment um, I used to work in hospitality I feel like I say this every, every podcast I used to work in hospitality and that was working set hours and it was working um with customers so you kind of had to show up as part of your job to be positive and be um look you know like professional and like you've got your shit together <laughs> whereas freelancing on the other hand I can actually do some of my work whilst I'm having a bad mental health day I can still write an email I can still write a blog post all that kind of stuff there's less kind of performative stuff I guess although I do I do have to show up in a certain way on social media although I don't necessarily because you see me on social media getting upset and being honest about my mental health so but then also when you're freelance if you don't do the work then there's nobody you know if you take a mental health day there's not somebody there to pick up the slack so it swings and roundabouts it's, diff- it's difficult in some ways and it's actually really flexible and great in other ways but today I thought I would talk about how to kind of adjust your schedule and how to manage your workload as a freelancer when you have depression because maybe I'll do another episode which is all about um, managing your schedule when you have anxiety because that is um, kind of kind of different it's a different beast like I feel like my, my diary definitely looks different when I'm going through an anxious spell as opposed to when I'm going through a depressed spell when I'm anxious I find like I can channel my anxious energy into actually being quite busy whereas when I am depressed which I definitely have felt quite depressed this last week or so last two weeks I really have to be kind of ruthless and be kind of honest with myself that all that work that you've got scheduled in is probably not going to happen because I need a lot more sleep when I am depressed. I 
it just takes me a lot longer to do simple things as well. Like I find it quite hard to focus. I can be quite emotional and quite. I get. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's just how I cope. I'm not. I'm not making light of the situation, but I get that horrible, like, hopeless feeling of like, oh, what's the point? Like, I'll just lie in bed. Like, I'll wake up at nine and just lie there, filled with dread about the stuff that I have to do. So. I have learned now from years and years of living with depression that it's for me it's a lot easier to or it's a lot more beneficial if I just kind of do a bit of damage control in the interim like in, in you know the week or two weeks where it's quite bad and then I can normally pick up where I left off in a few weeks as long as I give myself that time to rest and just kind of feel all the emotions, like feel sad, um, feel a bit hopeless, feel a bit lonely and isolated, like I kind of have to go through that cycle of feeling sad for a while and not working as much Um, and I do find it tends to pass quicker as opposed to, oh I'll just plod on and pretend everything's fine, I'll sit at my desk from 9 to 5, I'll do all those meetings that I said I would do, I'll record all those podcasts that I said I would um, powering through like that I find does just tend to make it worse so not not necessarily the same for everyone but that's how that's definitely how depression plays out for me Um, so you may have already heard I already did an episode about routines which is a really funny one for me with depression because I always had it in my head that I really hated routine because to me Routine was very much synonymous with traditional work. So having to be at work for a certain time, having to be switched on and like presentable and pretending to be okay for like eight hours a day, like that was what routine meant to me. Um, so when I got into the freelance life, I was like, I'm not going to have a routine. I don't want a routine because as soon as I miss a day or I forget to do something or I have a bad mental health day and I don't repeat that routine as planned then I feel like a failure and then I spiral into feeling even worse because I feel like I've messed up but with that said (laughs) uh, the pandemic really kind of accidentally made me a routine and I do think that was one of the things that helped me get through 2020 feeling I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say I felt good, <laughs> but it's one of the things that kind of felt like a constant at a time when everything was constantly changing. So, yeah, definitely go back and listen to that episode. I think it's called um, "Our Routines Really That Good for You." So I talk a bit about routines and my my routine that worked for me. Um, but I, this episode isn't about that. It's about how you can kind of construct your schedule and kind of manipulate your time to work for you instead of against you if you have depression and the first thing that I always say to people if they're struggling with kind of especially productivity if you feel like oh I can never get through my to-do list like I've done nothing today one of the things that really transformed the way I look at productivity is that I stopped giving myself really long to-do lists (laughs) so 
if you were to flick through my diary, and I do use a paper diary, if you've if you've read my book Out of Office, you will know how much I love a paper diary. I dedicate like I think a page, <laughs> a full page of Out of Office is me just like talking about why I love a paper diary so much. Um, if so, if you were to flick through my paper diary, you would think, oh, she's not really that busy. She doesn't she doesn't do very much, and that is because I. Basically, I allow myself the, the realistic amount of time that I need to get things done. So, normally I will have one task written in the morning section of my diary and then one task written in the afternoon, maybe two. Because um, I have, my husband is still working at home and we have lunch at 12, which to me is quite early for lunch. So, I tend to have like in my mind visually like the morning is much shorter than the afternoon so I have one task to do in the morning and then I do two in the afternoon and if I get time to go on and do any other ones then I I do but but also if you know if I'm having a bad day and I'm feeling depressed and actually I'm knackered and I want to go and just like have a bath and listen to a podcast or I want to go and read my book or I want to go back to bed whatever's going to help me get through this kind of low period then I will go and do it and I do think setting yourself more achievable to-do lists is good for a the quality of your work because you give yourself time to do things properly so um, before I'd maybe give myself like an hour to write a blog post that's not realistic realistically I need a, a full day to write a blog post I'd to brainstorm ideas, I need to do the first draft, I need to step away from it, then I come back and rewrite it, redraft it, edit it, add all the links and post it, all that kind of stuff. When, you, when you're just realistic with yourself and honest with yourself about how much time things take, um, I think it makes your life much easier because you're not constantly in your mind like failing at doing things quick enough um, and you give yourself that time to do things properly so the quality of your work is much better um, in the long run and also just gives you that great feeling of yeah I, I set myself three things to do I've got time to do it and at the end of the day you can tick them all off your list or you're more likely to be able to tick them all off your list because you've actually had time to do it so three things that is my rule three things on your to-do list every day or in your diary every day and um I guess as a kind of bonus tip what I tend to do is if something crops up uh, and something that you would normally or that I would previously have written on a to-do list I and I basically don't have to-do lists if I've got something to do I write it on a day at a certain time in my diary so for example I am hosting a workshop with Helen Redfern at the end of June. I'll leave the link to that in the show notes if you want to get a ticket. It's all about journaling for creative writers. So if you feel like overwhelmed with ideas or you feel like you never actually get any ideas started or you really struggle to find the time to commit to writing, journaling is really good. So I'll leave the link to that in the show notes if you want to get a ticket. Um, But the example I was going to give was that I need to prep my presentation for for that workshop and that's happening on the 24th of June so I've written in my calendar the week before 
on like the 18th, I've blocked out the whole day and I've written um, prepare your slides and prepare your workshop um, notes for the workshop. So instead of it being on to-do list, it's on my calendar. So when I flick through the calendar, I can see, oh, that's the day I'm going to do that. As opposed to in the in the three weeks leading up to it, if you have that just written on a to-do list, every day that you don't do it, you're going to be like, oh, I didn't do that today. Oh God, I need to do that thing. Whereas to me, like taking it away from your kind of mental to-do list and plonking it into an actual assigned date and time makes me feel, oh, well, I don't need to worry about it because I know the day that I'm going to do it. I hope that makes sense. Um, and it, it seems really obvious to me. Um, but I get a lot of people asking me like, oh, how, how do you figure out what you're going to do each day when you wake up as a freelancer? But that's, that's kind of how I do it, is that every day something crops up <laughs> that I know I need to do. So um, if it's not immediate, I just pick a day in my diary and I write it down. Um, and obviously at the, there's things that I need to do all the time or like repeatedly so like at the end of every month I'll be like okay that day I need to do my accounts um with the podcast like there's like one or two days a month that I set aside where I'm like okay those two days I'm going to record podcasts um I'm writing or when I was writing my book proposal I knew well that needs to be due that's due by the end of January so I'm going to block out like you know the first week in January and that's what I'll work on so to me like I guess it's called it's called time blocking, um, but it really really helps me feel less um, <laughs> judgmental to myself about all the stuff that I haven't done or all the stuff that I need to do. Um, another thing that you can do is to figure out what times of the day or the week or the month are most productive for you or when you feel at your best, and. This can take a while to pin down and to figure out and obviously it can change month on month, year on year, depending on you know what's going on in your life and um, how your mental health is. But just a simple thing that you can do is to track your mood over the course of a month. Um, so get yourself a little notebook. I did this um, a few years back and I just did it with those t- one of those tiny little notebooks and I kind of carried it with me everywhere. And every few hours, I would just write down kind of what my mood was like um, at different points throughout the day. And I kept that for a month. So like, so for example, like at 10 o'clock, I would write down like what time I got up, how I felt, what I had for breakfast, how I felt, um, have I got much work done today? Do I feel at at this point in the day... um, do I feel creative or have I done emails? How did it feel doing emails? Was I actually thinking that I should be doing something else? Then at three um, or say at like, I don't know, one o'clock, I'd be like, oh, okay, so I've just had lunch and I'm feeling really energised, feeling really motivated. So I'm going to do some creative writing. And then like a few hours later, I would write down, yeah, felt really good doing this creative writing at this time of day. And then repeat that and see the next day if it feels the same or if it feels better, if it feels worse. Um, you can even write in like what kind of 
um, what kind of stuff you're eating and drinking. So like, are you having coffee? What time are you having it at? Are you drinking um, enough water? Maybe that's something that could help. Like, it sounds obvious, but a really simple thing that can improve your um, how you're feeling throughout the day. But I do think keeping a mood diary is a great way to kind of be self-reflective and analyse, you know, do I actually work better in the morning um, or do I work better in the evening? And um, maybe if you're feeling like sometimes you can feel, ugh, gets to one o'clock and you think, oh, I've, I've got all this work to do, but I really would like to just sack it off and go back to bed. So do it, do it and then see how you feel. Go to bed, you might wake up at five o'clock and then write in your um, write in your mood diary. Yeah, I feel good. I actually really did need that. I'm going to take the rest of the day off. Or maybe you, you felt good and now you're going to catch up with work at night. Um, or maybe you you think that that felt terrible and I really wish I had just ploughed on with work or wish I'd gone out a walk or something. So it's just a really good way to kind of be, like I say, self-reflective um, and analyse, like look at it once you've done it for a month, look at it as a kind of collection of data that you can analyse and then use that to figure out what time of day, like when do you want to do your emails, when do you want to do your creative work, maybe you want to fit some exercise in, if you have a um, mid-afternoon slump, maybe that's a good time to go a walk or to do some yoga, you know, I can't can make your schedule for you but that is the whole point and that is the great thing about freelancing is that you can mold it and twist it and experiment to see what works for you and the key word here is flexibility you don't need to have a routine if that doesn't work for you but it can be really good just to analyze and see the things that do actually boost your mood or make you more productive or make you feel more relaxed so that if you do have a week where you're feeling a bit depressed and a bit down you can go oh actually I remember when I did that mood diary that if I do yoga in the afternoon, it actually really feels makes me feel good. So kind of like looking at yourself through another lens can be really, really helpful. Another tip is um, to figure out, and this is going to sound obvious, <laughs> but figure out what it is that makes you the most money as a freelancer. Um, so take a look at your finances. I have got a episode all about month end routines. If you are looking for some tips on how to kind of keep an eye on your finances at the end of the month, but definitely have a look at your income and figure out what what has made you the most money in the last few months, and whether so I guess like you could be like yeah I did this website project and it made me like six grand but did like how much time did that take did it take you like three months and was it really worth the money so look at your um, income and figure out what's the best return on investment so for example if I was to look at my income I would see that at the moment I'm doing workshops online workshops and courses I'm doing a bit of client work I'm doing a little bit of pitching to magazines um, and to me workshops and courses are the thing that make me the most money um, and I think when you are looking at managing your mental health as a freelancer from a practical point of view I don't think it's um <laughs> I don't think it's stupid to make the link between earning more money and feeling more stable and feeling like maybe you can manage your mental health better when you're 
money anxiety is kind of dampened a bit. I'm not not trying to say that if you make more money you'll be happier. I'm not trying to say that at all. Um, but I do think a lot of the um and the instability of income that comes with being freelance can have a direct link to you feeling depressed and feeling um not at your best. And if for me, well, being completely honest, like me being able to earn enough earn more money and earn enough money um as a freelancer over the past few years, especially last year, was a pivotal role in me being able to manage my mental health because it meant I could afford therapy for the first time in my life. Um, I did have some therapy via the NHS like years and years ago. But this is the first time that I've been able to actually privately pay for my own therapy. Um, and other things like privately pay to go and see an osteopath to take care of my back pain. Um, so again, I'm not saying money makes you happy, but... Um, if you are struggling to arrange your schedule and kind of if you look at your to-do list and you're like oh my god I'm so overwhelmed I don't don't know what I'm going to do like I'm feeling depressed I I can't can't seem to prioritize properly sometimes the easiest way to prioritize is to actually just figure out what's the most profitable so if you're not getting any clients on LinkedIn for example then stressing yourself out about posting on LinkedIn every single day um, consistently, maybe that's something that you could just drop from your schedule when you're not feeling so good. Maybe that's something that you're kind of telling yourself is, a, is essential, but actually it's not. Um, similarly for me, like I don't get a lot of clients on Twitter. Twitter for me is just somewhere to um, um, talk about the podcast and tweet sarcastic status updates (laughs) it's not really somewhere that I won't get inquiries or anything like that so if I'm not feeling good I don't worry about Twitter I don't feel like I have to show up there so if you um, want to kind of plan your schedule around making your business more sustainable and kind of minimizing stress then I do think figuring out which one of your income streams is the best return on investment financially that can be a really good way, to, a good place to start. Another thing that I advise to people who are struggling with depression is to identify what it is that drains you, what it is that kind of triggers these um, periods of depression. For me, I would say public speaking and travelling are the two things that that really drain me of energy. And Luckily at the moment I don't well I don't need to do much travelling at the moment um but I'm definitely still doing a lot of speaking although it is all virtually. Um but back in the day I used to get lots of opportunities to go to like London, I've been to Wales, I've been up to Edinburgh, um to travel to speak in front of people to promote my book and talk about mental health and talk about freelancing. And because it does have an impact on my mental health, um, it can be quite <laughs> exhausting to kind of like, I don't know, find the energy to go and do it and, and be positive. And I, lo- I do love doing it, otherwise I wouldn't do it, but it does take a lot out of me and I still want to pursue them because um, public speaking is really, really good for um, 
you know, raising awareness about my books and about my courses and my brand, really good for networking and um, and they are good fun, but I'm just, I am aware that they have a impact on my mental health, which means I always, when I say yes, I will always make sure that they're in my calendar and they're on a date, like at a time where I can actually accommodate the kind of mental crash that comes afterwards. So, for example, back in the day, um, I would only travel to London once a month. And saying that now, like, <laughs> is crazy because I would... Now, I don't think I would... I can't think why I would go to London now unless it was something really, really important. Whereas I used to... If somebody asked me to go to a meeting in London, I'd be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Whereas now, like, the world has changed so much. Um, but if I was doing that... Um, I'd schedule a date at home straight after and make sure I wouldn't be like at a meeting in London one day and then at a meeting in like Liverpool the next day. I just wouldn't do that. So don't feel like you have to be busy um, to be a valid freelancer. It's it's such a good idea to allow yourself a down day or a, a you know a long lie in bed or even a full day off afterwards if that's what you need. Um, and sit with like speaking engagements or being if I'm like a guest on someone's podcast I'll try and only do that once a week it's definitely different around book publication time I would say when Out of Office came out I had about a month where I was just every single day I was either um, being a guest on someone's podcast or I was um like doing a radio appearance or doing a workshop it was like every single day there was something but I kind of knew I was like this is just for a short period of time and then I can rest afterwards but generally day to day I would say make sure you block off time to recover from the things that drain you and figure out what those things are. Another thing is to actually just plan, plan to have bad mental health days because if you struggle with depression and and you you know that it's an ongoing thing in your life then don't don't try and power through don't be hard on yourself and um, when you do need those mental health days know in your heart that those days will come and and just plan for them so if you wake up feeling really like kind of surprisingly you just wake up and you go oh my god I really feel really bad today I feel really mentally feeling really low um, and you know you're not going to get much work done that's okay sometimes you just need to plan in for that and and first of all forgive yourself for feeling that way um how I get around this is that I will often use those days for work that just doesn't really use much brain power so instead of like maybe doing creative writing or recording a podcast um or you know working on I don't know big big exciting projects and marketing and sales pages and all that kind of thing I'll actually just say you know what I'm just going to use today to catch up with my admin I'm going to maybe go and go onto my website and up to update some SEO tasks or just go through my emails and, and there's always at least one starred email in my inbox that needs replying to I'll just like reply to some emails or I'll just, oh, do you know what, I'll just go on Canva and I'll just make up some graphics to make feel like I'm doing something um, that's not too taxing um, and it just kind of keeps me busy throughout the day because sometimes, 
and this is like just playing devil's advocate sometimes I know that I don't need a full day off and that if I take a day off sometimes I feel like I might just make myself worse because I'll lie here in bed feeling bad about myself and feeling like like just thinking about all the things I could be doing so sometimes it's better just do you know what I'll get up I'll do some things but I'm not going to do anything that's too difficult and if it gets to the point where I don't want to keep going I can just close the laptop and step away so all the stuff I spoke about I hope that helps you feel a little less crap about being a freelancer with depression Um, I hope that it helps you gives you some ideas for how you can manage your time and just give yourself breathing space if you've got depression and kind of anticipate those dips in moods that come when you know just come with being a human remember moods when you're depressed they're unpredictable but if you work from home um, then you've got the benefit to kind of be flexible with yourself uh, and be kind to yourself that is the that is the absolute key takeaway from this give yourself breathing space give yourself flexibility um, and show yourself some love so I hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast if you've enjoyed it don't forget to rate and subscribe tag me on instagram tag me and tell me that you enjoyed this episode and you can get out of office um, at all good bookshops you can also get on audible if you like to listen to an audiobook so I will see you in the next episode take care of yourself Bye.